But in reality, she's just a part of you that's trying to protect you from harm. Harm being embarrassment, harm being failure, whatever it may be, at the end of the day, it's a protection mechanism. So there doesn't have to be like anxiety around it. It's just, you understand, like, you know, I'm just being protected. This growth period I'm about to go through is gonna hurt. You know what I mean? And there's a part of you that wants to protect you from any of that. So that's how I kind of, I'm just like, okay, girl, I hear you. Ooh, that would, that would be, that would be bad. I hear you, girl. All right, we're going to keep going. Welcome to CEO School. We're your hosts, Sunira Madani and Shannon Monson, and we believe you deserve to have it all. Less than 2% of female founders ever break 1 million in revenue, and we're on a mission to change that. Each week, you'll learn from incredible mentors who've made it to the 2% Club, as well as women well on their way, sharing how they've defied the odds so you can do it too. You're a real business now, and class is officially in session. I am so excited to introduce you guys to Iverly Brooks today. She is a phenomenal actress, communicator, um, empowering woman, and I'm so excited to now call a dear friend, and I'm really excited for you guys to get to know her. She's a phenomenal story we're going to dive into of going from someone that had been quietly working behind the scenes to being in front of every single person you could imagine, just this massive growth, so I'm really excited to dive in and for you guys to meet Ivy. Thanks for coming on the show, Iverly. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Happy to be here. Okay, I want to start by talking about how we met. Yes. So um, it was right right around, um, do you want to tell it? I'm going to let you tell the story. Okay. Um, I don't remember exactly like what day. I do know that it was right in the beginning of when, you know, when people were posting their black squares in support of Black Lives Matter. Um, but I had discovered you before that because I was right at the point where I was getting ready to try to start creating online programs. Um, and um, my designer who did my site was like, oh, my God, you've got to sign up for, you know, Shannon's um, um, at the time it was the icon, you know, program. And I'm like, "Ooh, let me go check it out. Like, you know, I was excited. And then so I went and I was like, this is it for me. I love this. But I was feeling a lot of hesitation because although it was like I was reading it, it was resonating. I knew it was for me. I saw not one black face. And it was like, you know, it's a familiar feeling where you're like, I love this, but it's probably not for me. And so at the time, instead of, and I told my designer about it, she's like, did you sign up? I told her my concerns. I was like, you know, do you see anything that would make me pause? She was like, yeah, it's just white girls. I'm like, yeah. She was like, why don't you ask her? I'm like, she's not my friend. Like, you know what I mean? She was like, I didn't know you at the time. So I was like, you know what? I'm... I might as well just be honest because maybe I didn't see anyone else saying it. And so um, I left you a comment and I believe I said something like, I I love this program or something, but there are no girls that look like me um, or something to that effect. Yeah. I remember I was like laying in bed responding to comments Mm -hmm. um, and I had started posting in support of Black Lives Matter and it was still really nerve wracking. Other people weren't doing Mm -hmm. it and I was getting some like negative backlash, which is just crazy to think. And I saw your comment and it was something along the lines of, I truly believe that this is the best program on the internet. So like it started with that, Mm -hmm. but there's no faces that look like me. And Mm -hmm. I remember just being like, that 
touched me because the way that you communicated, oh man, I'm getting emotional. It was so kind. Like you were so kind to me. I was wrong. Like I was in the wrong and I knew it was, I knew that the program was that way. I didn't see how I was a part of the problem genuinely. And when you, you were the first person to ever say something to me, I'm confident there's so many women that felt that way. And it breaks my heart to feel that, you know, women felt that maybe this wasn't a safe space unless you looked like a blonde white girl. Um, and it's something that I just was so touched. So I, I remember I responded, responded right, right away. Mm-hmm. I remember my husband was sleeping in bed next to me and I sent you a voice memo. I'm literally like whispering, which is now a fun thing we mm-hmm. do. <laughs> <laughs> we do on normal, yeah. normally now. And I, I remember just saying like, Hey, thank you so much for sharing that with me. It means so much to me. I can't imagine that was comfortable to say. And what's interesting was I remember around the time, I remember this very vividly because I clicked over to your profile. Cause I remember I saw you had 11,000 followers. Oh you, yeah. An expert. You were so good at what you did as like a mindset coach for creatives. And I remember thinking icon would be perfect for her. And that was just like probably one of the deepest moments in my personal journey in unlearning and recognizing my white privilege mm. to see that that was something that, you know, I had a really deep responsibility. So I just want to thank you from there. What's really cool. I think shortly, I, I believe it was a couple of days after, maybe it was just before, but mm-hmm. you posted the video. Tell us about yeah. the video. <laughs> what prompted the video? Man, it's so crazy how everything started. If you look, if you step back and look at how everything has happened, it's so wild that I connected with you before the viral video and how things have progressed after that. It really just gives me chills when I think about it. Um, At that time, when I had approached you, um, I had posted a, a graphic on my page that was talking about people who claim to be allies who haven't reached out to their black friends. And for some reason, Janet, that post just picked up steam really quick. And people who I had always admired had started like messaging me. And and I'm like, what is this post doing? Like, it's not even, you know, and it was from Canva, like a little, you know what I mean? I didn't understand why it was picking up steam. And then that's when all the questions started coming in in my DMs. Mm. So I was exhausted with that. And I was so the, exhausted. The post happened before the video. There's this yes. post, and people are basically reaching out, being like, hey, yes. educate me. Is that what was going on yes. in the DMs? Absolutely. Yep. And then I started to see that it wasn't just happening to me, it was happening to my other Black friends and you know clients and things like that. And so during this time, it was when all the protesting had started as well. So all of us were feeling the trauma of you know George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. And it just was a, there was an energy um, that was extremely heavy. And I felt I've been, you know, I was in quarantine. I hadn't been out of the house since March and I just felt very helpless. You know what I mean? I felt very um, just like, what can I do? And so I felt like, okay, well, I can just get on live and just start talking to all of these new white women on my page, people who are asking me questions, um, just talk to them. And I, like you said, I didn't have like a huge audience, but I knew that I needed to say something. And so I just got on live and just started talking, Um, just started talking about, you know, what white people can do in this moment. And there was about 11 people on the, on the live. I didn't know that. 
Mm-hmm. It was about 11 people. And you know that feeling when you're on live and people are just dropping off. You're like, oh, so we're at seven. Cool. <laughs> you know yeah, I do know that feeling. I think everyone listening knows that feeling. Right. But I was so, I felt so deeply what I was feeling. I kind of went into a zone because I was feeling so passionate about it. I didn't care. I was, I was feeling like, I don't care if it's five people or 500. I need to say this. And then I got emotional and it just was like, ah, but I was like, I don't care. I'm, I'm posting this. And so when I got done, you know, when you get off live, you can save it or post it. I just saved it. And, um, Jesse, my fiance was like, you need to post that. He was like, I'm being serious with you. Like, I love Jesse. I know. Right. He, he's like the reason why it even ended up on my page. He was like, you need to post it. And he, he doesn't make those kind of suggestions all the time. So I was like, all right, well, nobody watched it. I don't even think anyone cares, you know? And I posted it and it just, it took on a life of its own. You went from 11 people watching something to, do you know how many views it ended up getting? It's almost at 6 million now. It's at like 5.8, almost to 5.9, yeah. Wow. Wow. I think something that's really powerful about this is I always talk about how, you know, if you speak to one person, you're speaking to a thousand. And I think this is, you literally were speaking to 11 people and it res and you were worried when those three dropped off and it, Mm -hmm. it has now been seen by over 6 million people. I didn't even know that's crazy. I really, 6 million people. That's amazing. I want to talk about, um, how your life has changed since this, because I feel like this, you are, a textbook example of an overnight success story. And you and I both know nothing happens overnight. So can you tell us about like, what has been the biggest change in your life since this Instagram live? Oh my gosh, everything has changed. Um, At first it was a whirlwind. I was on the news, you know what I mean? And I'm like sitting there like on, on good day LA, like what's happening to me? Like, you know, it was all really fast. Um, a lot of big celebrities were sharing and then their people were like crashing into my pay. It was just pandemonium at first. But after that, I ended up connecting with people who made, who, who tried to help me and, and get me like, you know, different opportunities and it completely changed my life. And I, at the same time, I ended up feeling much differently about my own responsibility, my own activism, because I've never considered myself an activist at all. Um, I just was outspoken and I'm black and I have, and I'm going to speak from the perspective of a black woman in this country. And I learned so much, Shannon, in a very short time um, with, with everything that went on afterwards, you know? What were uh, like your top three lessons, biggest takeaways that you feel like you learned from this? Because I think this is something that, although this is a very unique situation, it's also not unique. There's a lot of entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. that work for a really long time and nobody sees it. And then, yeah, my top three things, I would say there's more than three, but my top three would be one, don't think that your voice doesn't matter. You know, I know that sounds really cliche, but you may just be thinking of the views, you know, nobody watched or nobody cared. And that should never be the metric that you're using to determine if what you're saying is needed. Um, That, that 
I have to, I have to say, like, I always just thought like, you know, well, I'm just going to keep doing this. And even if it takes me 20 years to keep talking, you know, and literally like it just took one video. Um, the other things I would say that I learned from this is people at their core want to be good people. I would say people are, are mostly good. Um, it's, we all have a lot more in common than we think, you know what I mean? And I think at the end of the day, this division that we are feeling and seeing, um, is created and I think we can change it. I do have like a sense of optimism and hope about what the future is going to look like. Um, and the, I would say the third thing is prepare yourself for this, like the success that you say that you want, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Like you, all the vision boarding and all the, you know, goal setting, like not just, not just prepare yourself, like physically, like making sure you know what you would do if things popped off tomorrow. Right. But just kind of like emotionally and spiritually, like, are you ready for all this stuff that you keep saying that you want? That's the real test. You know what I mean? To me, I was like, oh, okay. Was I ready for this? Am I ready for this? I better get ready. Like, you know what I mean? That's the biggest, one of the biggest things I would tell anybody is like, don't just plan to work, plan to succeed at it. You know, what will you do? Who's your lawyer? What are you going to do with this? You know, all that stuff. I just got chills literally listening to you (laughs) say that because I think something that I always say is expect to blow up because I think we work so hard to get to the goal that we're not prepared for when it comes. Like like you said, we don't have the operations, the systems, the team, the support. Emotionally, we're not prepared to have 20 opportunities thrown us at once and how to deal with that and still protect your boundaries. And so I'd love to hear more about that. Yes, because I know <laughs> you like we have like crossed the friend zone. I adore you so much. So we've, like we've texted. I know how hard you've been working. I thank you, first of all, for being on this podcast. This is like what your 20th podcast <laughs> interview in the past two weeks. So Thank you. We really appreciate it. So how have you managed your energy and your boundaries and to really discern what is a good opportunity and who just wants you versus, you know, who, who wants to benefit from, from you versus mm-hmm. actually being there for you? How have you navigated that? Ooh, girl, I can say that um, I, I did. I won't say I got lucky because I think nothing happens by luck um, to have people who showed up who really got me through this, yourself included, um, who really like had my back when I was like breaking down, like, how am I going to do this? Um, But as far as the discernment, there are people who saw the video, saw what was happening, knew that they had been called out and was like, her, let's get her. Cause she's, she's black. She's, she's, you know, she's doing this thing and she would make me look good. And I was aware of that. Cause I mean, wow, I'm not green. You know what I mean? I understand. So even if it is a great opportunity, I understand what's happening here. So I did say no to some things and I did say this isn't for me, even though people around me were like, what are you talking about? You know, I just knew what was for me and what wasn't. Um, But I would say, Having people, the people who are around you, um, who are, and I was surprised at how some people were, you know, some people just were like, 
girl, this is too much for me. And I'm like, don't go away. Like, you know, oh, I mean? interesting. Like just overwhelmed. Yeah. yeah tell me more. Like, mm-hmm. cause I, I definitely yeah. feel this as like a strong, successful woman. Sometimes it can be hard to share our successes or share our lows with, with so do you feel like your, your inner, it's been hard to keep that inner circle. Yeah. Do you feel like there've been people there for you? What has that been like? Yeah. Well, it's, it's different because we're right in the middle of a pandemic Yeah, and you know we're what I mean? They're surviving. So- Exactly. And we're in the middle of a revolution at the same time. So the energy is extremely heavy for a lot of people. So it's a really weird thing to be experiencing mm-hmm. some of the most craziest wins that you've ever had in the middle of something like this. So having to balance that, being conscious of other people's experience and energy, um, it's been a, it's, it, I have, I probably will look back on it and be like, whoa, you know, yeah. but I've been trying to um, be conscious of everyone's energy. But what I noticed is that there were some people who I was close to who were overwhelmed by it um, and just kind of stepped back. Like, I don't even know how to help you in this season. Like, I don't even know what to do. And I'm like, just be regular. Just be there. Just talk to me like normal because I don't know what's happening to me right now. So just be my normal friend. Um, And then there were some people who were like, calling me every 10 minutes. Like, how are you doing? Are you taking a break? Did you drink some water? What are you doing? Did you take, did you take a break? My Jesse, he was like, okay, time to take a walk. Like I love laptop closed. Yeah. <laughs> laptop closed. Time to go. So yeah, it's been really interesting to see, to see what I had around me before all this. Something I loved you shared on stories the other day was um, that as you're like checking in with friends, you're being really Mm -hmm. intentional to just like Mm -hmm. check in on their energy before you drop anything on them or ask anything of them or even just share with them. And I thought that was Mm -hmm. such a beautiful, like that really stood out to me because I actually don't think it's different, right? It is different, but it's just, it's amplified. Like all the time we have pains and frustrations and everything. And right now everything's just heightened. And so I think that intentional practice, it's something I started doing in entrepreneurship to my husband saying like, Hey, I want to talk about this thing that's going on. Yep. Yep. Can you hold space for me right now? Just asking that question. Mm -hmm. can, Can you hold space right now? And so I thought that was really beautiful to hear you doing that. Um, but I also think it's a really relatable thing that a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to, like having these big wins and not really ha- feeling like you have anyone to share them with or be excited for you or having yeah. these really low lows and kind of feeling like the people that are close to you are like, well, oh, it must be so hard being so successful. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God, that's so true. Like it, it, what you were talking about, the story that I was posting, it started here at home. Um, when COVID started, I was kind of obsessive. And I was like, you know, I was the Lysol lady with a hazmat suit on. And so um, what we ended up doing here at home was, and we started asking each other if it was okay to talk about the newest development, or mm. we would text each other. Like I would text him an article and then when he was ready to talk about it, then we would go into it. So that awareness kind of started. Yeah. That awareness started here because it's just he and I during, you know, in the, in the home. And so we're very conscious of the energy that we're creating here. So it just kind of carried over when all this started is because I'm like, just because this is happening to me, because going viral is temporary. You know what I mean? This is a, this is a crazy moment, but everybody's going through something. You know what I mean? Good or bad, you know? And so I'm like, in order for me to, to, 
show up for people still as much as I can. At least I can do is ask them, do they want to hear my crap? <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like before I dump it on them, you know? And I, love that. I think people, yeah, we got to take care of each other, man. We have to. For sure. Something I think that you are an absolute genius at is really like reframing and mindset. I know it's like your big Thank expertise, you. but something I've just loved the way that you just train it on my, even just me listening to you in stories or inside your intentional activism course, the way you just retrain people's mindset. So can you give us um, like your top piece of advice or tip for someone that's just really struggling to wrap their, you know, wrap their head around what's happening in the world. How, Mm -hmm. how can you help them reframe um, so that we can really just like survive this season? Oh my gosh. Yes. And thank you for saying that. Um, For me, I have gone through a lot of different phases throughout this when it started and what I've learned and what I can tell other people is that you can't, focus so much on what we've lost in this. And um, I had done a video about this. I hadn't posted it, but when I grew up, my dad was in prison for the majority of my life. Right. And he said that the difference between, and this is, it's going to sound crazy, but the difference from between people who were thriving there and the people who were not are the ones who were focused on the outside. Mm -hmm. And he said, those people were doing hard time instead of just doing time. And so it never really, it never really, yeah, yeah. It never really um, landed until I realized that the people who are having the worst time are the people who are focused on what they've lost. And the people who are thriving are the people who are concentrating on what's still good and what, you know, and what could be good. And I try every day to make sure that I'm not doing hard time. (laughs) You know what I mean? For real, girl. For real. Because if you think about it, imagine if you were in prison for 20 years. Don't, God forbid, but I'm just saying, how would you get through every day? You can't do it by focusing on what you're missing out on. So I try every day, Shannon, to just make sure that I'm like, okay, what's good about today? What happened that was good today? And that's the only thing I can tell other people is that, you know, stay off of the news, you know, if you can and, and focus on what's in front of you, you know? Oh, that's so good. I really, it's so good. Okay. It makes so much sense. Like the more I get to know you, the more I'm like, yes, makes sense that you're where you are. Cause I just see the, I see the fight and the hustle and the resilience in you and that those mindset reframes. So I actually want to go back to earlier on in your career because you didn't start. I mean, Instagram is actually still newer for you too. viral video creation. This is like the past 60 days past year, not the past 10 years of your life. So take me back to, I know you've done a lot of different things from um, modeling to acting, to being a relationship coach. How did you get through that next season knowing you weren't still where you wanted to be? Like, I feel like some sense, all the things that you've done just really prepared you for where you are. I oh, can yeah. see, I can see the improv classes. How they all I can see, mm-hmm. I, yes, a hundred, but in those seasons, how do you keep going when you're not where you want to be? Man, I to believe, believe it or not, the very first business I ever owned was a magazine. I started a magazine called The League Magazine back in the day. Yeah. And, and I didn't know I that. Did a, yeah, yeah. I, that was the first time I ever started a business. Um, I was still acting and, you know, doing theater and stuff. But that was my first time actually, like, becoming a business owner. And since then, I've had so many different, you know, iterations of entrepreneurship. And my personal reason 
that I was, you know, my personal reason for going forward and keeping it going is I never lost the belief that I was going to be successful. Never. I didn't know how. I didn't know how I was going to, I'm going to, emotional. Um, I didn't really understand what was happening to me in certain seasons of my life when things would be going real wrong, like not just a little wrong, but like real wrong. (laughs) I didn't understand how I would ever move past that part, but never once I can honestly say never once, no matter how bad it got, did I doubt that I would make my dreams happen. And I think that is the, the part of it that has gotten me through is because I'm like, well, it ain't this way. Then it's going to have to be that way. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, let's find another one. It always felt like I, it was a maze. It was like, I know that, that there's a goal there. I, nobody gave me the map. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to figure this out. So I feel so seen. <laughs> I, think, I, I think everyone listening, she feels that right now. It's like, yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, all of the yeah. weird random jobs and you know, mm-hmm. the, the things that just didn't make any sense. What do you think Girl. is the thing? What surprises, what thing do you think has helped you right now that surprises mm. you the most? Like a thing that you did when you're pa- one of your past careers, that's like, I didn't expect that to be so helpful. You know, I think oh. about um, uh, Apple and how like Steve Jobs took calligraphy classes and how that was such a big part in the fonts, like these random yeah. things. Is there something that you think that you never in a million years could have seen how it would help you and it's been implemented, like huge? Mm, girl, that I'm is putting such you on a the good spot. question. I know it's such a good question. Though. I hadn't thought about it. The first thing that comes to my mind um, is telemarketing. Because Stop. go on, girl, I hated every second of it. I would literally cry. Like I hated it. But what I ended up having to do was learn how to talk to all kinds of people. Black, white, old, young, crazy, everything you can think of, I had to interact with and connect with in order to get a paycheck. And nowadays, I find myself able to sit down on any kind of podcast or or hold conversations or even with new clients, doesn't matter. Um, I'm able to find a, a connection point. Um, with most people that I talk to. And I know that that is from having to be forced to talk to people for long amounts of time, you know, in a call center. <laughs> That's so interesting. You know, Sanira, my partner, she says mm-hmm. something similar. She started her career selling uh, credit card processing terminals, um, mm-hmm. like door to door, like driving from mo- different mall to mall. Um, and prior to that, she actually like sold s- cigarettes. Um, essentially Mm -hmm. like she would sign Mm -hmm. contracts. And so I can definitely relate. I had a lot of time on the personal training floor, talking to strangers, trying to convince them to sign up with me. And it's, I think those like crap jobs where someone learn the best skills because how Mm -hmm. that's something that's always going to serve you in life. And I think, you know, with my kids, I'm always trying to get them to like talk to strangers, order for themselves at restaurants and get comfortable. Maybe I should just make them get telemarketing jobs actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It <laughs> works. <laughs> summer job. You're holding a telemark because you're going to be like, I release. So uh-huh. you start with telemarketing. <laughs> yep. So cool. Yep. That's yeah. really, that's really fun. And I think I see because we've had, you know, very like similar paths in being a, you know, you were a relationship coach. I was a wellness coach and having like some of these similar, you know, writing backgrounds. I think I've seen how all of my little jobs have added up to get me to where, where I am. And it's been fun to watch you 
I've loved watching your limelight. I've loved watching it happen because I, I know not intimately, but I can empathize with the years of work that went into yes. you being where you are. I remember I watched your live with Lily Reinhardt, who, if you are a Riverdale fan, I adore Lily. I, I adore trashy TV. It's one a fun, fun yeah. fact about me. <laughs> and I remember sitting there thinking like, she's holding her own with, I mean, not holding her own, like she's you were better. <laughs> you were phenomenal. And I remember thinking like, wow, it's so cool to see the hard work that you've put in. Other people finally get to see it. Yes. Thank you for that. I've, I've been grinding for, and I, I hate using that word, but at the time that's what exactly it what it was. Yeah. It feels like- I was with no, with no one, no one cared, you know, what I was doing except my clients, you know? Tell me this, what has been the most challenging part of your journey? Or like you look back and was there a moment where you thought like it, you just needed to find a new dream? There's been a lot of challenges, but I would say if I had to pick one, it was my own limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, that was it. That was That has always been the thing that I fought against, the voice in my head that I, she has a name. She doesn't deserve to be talked about right now, but you, na- <laughs> we'll you name her? Oh, you have to. You've got to separate her from I your real voice, girl. Wait, Absolutely. back up. I've never done this. So this is this a, like okay. a reframing? Yes, yeah, te- teach us. Teach us. Oh, God, girl. Yes. Okay. So what I do, um, and I recently heard um, one of my mentors, Preston, talk about it. And I never heard him talk about it. I'm like, oh, my God, I do that. So I named the voice in my head that tells me that she doesn't come right out and say, you're not good enough. She just says, really, you really think they want you? Maybe they're just trying to fill their diversity quota, you know, like you don't really deserve to be in there. You know what I mean? Ah, you don't have the experience for that fraud much. Ooh, like she just, she whispers this BS and I, and it's not a scream. It's just kind of a suggestion that you're not good enough. And once I realized that I was owning that voice, right. And just treating it like it was my own, you know, my own thoughts. I had to separate it and I started naming her. And so what I do now and what I've learned to do is to hear her out, but be objective about what she's saying and know who's talking. You this know what is I so mean? good. Yeah. 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 Because then you don't own it. Right. Yeah. Because if girl, listen, if you own what she's saying, then you take it in and you're like, oh, well I'm insecure or I'm bad at this. And it's like, no, but Katrina said it, you know, or whatever her name is, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm naming mine Katrina. Now. Right. Yeah. Name her, name her yeah. ass. Excuse me. So because. No, she, please do. I almost swore yeah. earlier. <laughs> She'll tear you down. Yeah. And so now when I hear my, you know, my person speaking, I don't, you know, we don't get into a fight about it. I'm just like, I hear you. I understand. Because here's the part that's so important to understand is that she's your enemy, but in reality, she's just the part of you that's trying to protect you from harm. Harm being embarrassment, harm being failure, whatever it may be. At the end of the day, it's a protection mechanism. So there doesn't have to be like anxiety around it. It's just you understand like, you know, I'm just being protected. This growth period I'm about to go through is going to hurt. You know what I mean? And there's a part of you that wants to protect you from any of that. So that's how I kind of, I'm just like, okay, girl, I hear you. Ooh, that would, that would be, that would be bad. I hear you, girl. All right. I'm going to keep going. You're blowing my mind right now. I'm like trying to, (laughs) 
take this all in. Um, that's so powerful because I've heard her talked about as like an inner mean girl. And that's never honestly really resonated with me because I don't feel oh, like yeah. I have an inner mean girl. I have a yeah. like an inner, like a little, little person that whispers. And um, oh, yeah. that's a great strategy. So you, so you name her, you call her, I mm-hmm. hear you. That would be bad. Yeah. I, I hear you. I see objectively. Uh-huh. And then you move on. That's a yes. phenomenal strategy. Thank you for sharing that with us, Ivy. I really of appreciate course. that. It's of course. Still good. I, it's, it's good to write it down too. It's good to, you know, to write down what she's saying. Um, just, just kind of acknowledging it. So, you know. Yeah. It's, I, yeah. Oh, That's yeah, so good. Sure. So good. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would love to hear, obviously you've built a phenomenal business brand company. It's taken uh, a long time and your path has looked different in that it wasn't really necessarily like slow and steady moving up. It did have this really strong, really strong curve. But what do you feel like are the biggest things? If you had to pick three things that really got you here to where you are today, what would they be? Three things. Um, Oof. I would say first, like the the one I mentioned is belief um, that that has not wavered um, belief. And then I've been always obsessed with reinventing myself and yeah, reinvention. I'm, I'm obsessed with it as a whole. Um, knowing that a new version of me can happen whenever I say, um, and tell me more about that. Yeah. Like I've, I've been obsessed with it. Well, it started because growing up I was, um, I was, I came from a very like traumatic existence. You know, my family, we went through a lot and I always just kind of felt like this is it. Like, this is what, okay. So this is, this is how things go. And I didn't accept that. I was like, nah, like I'm trying to, I, I want to be like, you know, I'm trying to be in light, honey. Yeah. I can't deal with this. Like, yeah. so I would always escape in, in my head. I would always, you know, imagine myself being someone and somewhere else. And that was as a kid like as a little kid, it was my, my protection mechanism. Um, and then as I grew up and as I got older, I held on to the idea that this is, doesn't have to be the end of the story and I can change the story and I can rewrite the story. And then as I grew confident in that, I started to realize that it was real. Like, oh, so you don't like who you've been? Like I, when I was a teenager, I was extremely selfish and I felt like someone had owed me everything. And I was, I had a bad attitude, real bad, you know? And I just realized the different iterations of myself and how I was in control of them. And so that got me obsessed with them. To this day, I am obsessed with it in others and within myself. Like I don't, I'll be somebody else at 50, honey. You don't even know me yet, you know? (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) I love that perspective. And I think so often, like, we are worried about people trapping us in a box or other people see me as a certain way. So that's the way that I have to be. I know I struggled with this a lot as a new mother and I was raised in a very conservative background and I was supposed to be a stay-at-home mom. Like, that's who I was and I've really struggled to to see this new iteration. And I think what's really cool is we do, like you can be so many different people in your lifetime. And I feel like we are oh, yeah. constantly reinventing ourselves. And if you're not happy, you don't like where you are, you're not stuck. And that that's really, change really it. cool. Yeah. Change it. Yes. Change Very it. cool. Yeah. Okay. So number one is belief. Number two mm-hmm. is that reinvention. What do you think is the third mm-hmm. thing that's really gotten you to where you are? Being blessed with the right people. Oh yeah. I was, um, got, Dang it, I'm not trying to get emotional. Um, 
there were times in my life where like I was, you know, thinking I was going to be that, that things would be terrible. Um, being homeless, not knowing where I was going to live, sleeping in my little car with my little dog. Um, and I had people show up in my life who was like, what do you need? Like, what do you need? I got you. Don't worry. And I will never forget that. I will never forget who, where, and what, um, helped me when I, was having breakdowns and needed just a couple hundred dollars to go see my mom because I was, I wasn't able to, you know, to do it myself. I won't ever forget that. And so I would, it would be a a shame for me to ever not mention the people who just showed up and was like, sleep on my couch. You're good. You know, I love what you said earlier about just like believing that people are good. And it's something that I've just really sensed from you. Like you, you attract goodness. And I think it's having first having that, that belief in other people. And it really does attract just beautiful souls into your life. And I've definitely sensed that, sense that energy from you. Um, I would love to hear before we wrap up, what is your proudest accomplishment? What are you most proud of in your, your career, your life? Hmm. I would say, hmm, I'm I'm most proud of working on myself enough to have a fulfilling relationship. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, because I was a hot mess, uh, girl. I was a hot mess, and I, you know, went to therapy, got my got my stuff together, because I was never able to have healthy relationships before. So I won't even just say my relationship now. I would say relationships with an S yeah. because I was not able to have healthy relationships. I didn't know how. And they were all, you know, dysfunctional in some way. And the work that I did on myself allowed me to recognize and cultivate relationships that were healthy, loving and fulfilling. And I would have never been able to do that without that work. So, and it spills over into everything else. Like I said, like my, my relationship is part of the reason why I was able to keep going is, you know, yeah. why I posted a video, like, you know, so yeah. that that's first for me, people and relationships come first for yeah. me. And um, I'm most proud of that because it took some work. And it starts with your relationship yeah. with yourself. Yep. Yeah, yep, absolutely. To be a good friend, because I wasn't yeah. before, um, you yeah. know, all that stuff. So yeah, I just changing and, and growing. That's my biggest accomplishment, I think. This has been so powerful. I want to like re-listen three times. Thank you so much. Tell us about intentional activism. Every single person needs to take it. I just finished week two, the interview with your mom. Every single person needs to take this course. So tell, tell us about intentional activism, where they can sign up, what it looks like. So intentional activism, um, is the course and, or the workshop that I created, um, right after uh, the video went viral and stuff. Um, I just gathered up some of the best people I know to put together a workshop that helps white people to, you know, come to terms with their own whiteness and learn how to be authentic in their activism in their day-to-day life. So it's just kind of laying the foundation and the groundwork for a lifetime of, of activism and allyship, um, it was a lot of work. As you know, you helped me through it. <laughs> it was a lot of work, girl. You're a hard worker. I was surprised Ooh. that wasn't one of your one, two, three things. I was like, I don't know if I've seen girl. anyone outwork. <laughs> that was tough, but um, it, I'm, I'm super proud of it because it's, it's something that is really, truly helping people. It really is. And I'm like, whew. 
like I was just hoping that the people who were genuine about wanting to learn would take it and they are and it's it's really something so it's at intentionalactivism.com um I'm I'm gonna probably change it up a bit um so that I can keep you know having it up but that's where they can sign up for it um and then yeah we have other stuff coming up but that that was just the first thing out yeah I'm so excited I'm ex- I am excited Yay. for your mindset course I don't know if that's coming Yay. I hope it is <laughs> I love that conversation I'm excited for every, all the next things I know you have a lot of exciting things coming up and I'm just really I'm really excited for you and thank you for sharing your voice with us mm-hmm. to all thank seven you. people because it's opens the path for conversations like this and I know you're just helping so many people so thank you so much where can they follow you uh where where should we go to your website instagram where can they find you they can find me um at instagram.com slash iverly <laughs> and um mavenel.com which is m-a-v-e-n-e-l-l-e.com but um before we go i just wanted to give a genuine thank you to you for everything you've done as far as like, even before we became friends, watching your stories and how you like pushed me to be like, Oh, I got to get it together, honey. She got it together. You're inspirational. And, um, it's, it's been a definite big help and inspiration for me over this whole period. So thank you. Thank you. You're so sweet. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You guys go follow Iverly on Instagram. You will not regret it. Say hello. Tell her you're listening from the CEO school (laughs) podcast and we will see you next time. Awesome. Thanks, Shannon. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. We want to invite you to follow CEO School on Instagram for show notes, inspiration, and exclusive behind the scenes you won't find anywhere else. We also have an absolutely incredible free resource for you. It's the seven lessons we learned building seven and eight figure businesses. These are complete game changers and we want to give it to you completely free. All you have to do is leave a review of the podcast, why you love listening, screenshot the review and email it to hello at ceoschoolpodcast.com and we'll send it your way. See you in the next class. This episode is brought to you by the Icon Method. If you're a service-based entrepreneur, a designer, nutritionist, photographer, educator, and you feel like the only way to make more is to work more, this is for you. The Icon Method is our proven playbook to win back your time with passive income. It stands for ideation, creation, optimization, and niche. Here's the deal. We love running big businesses, but we don't believe your business should run you. And there is a way you can take your years of expertise and experience and turn it into six and seven figure programs that change lives in your sleep. Our Icon alumni are running best-selling online courses, membership sites, and digital downloads across every industry imaginable, and we want to show you how to. If you've ever thought about launching a passive program, or maybe you're just curious what this could look like for you, go right now to ceoschoolpodcast.com slash icon. We have an incredible free guide taking you step-by-step through the whole icon process. This has been completely life-changing for so many women, and we want to invite you to dream bigger and expand your impact with this proven method. Again, that's ceoschoolpodcast.com slash icon.